here's the deal. Today, us affiliates and online entrepreneurs are getting screwed over by self-proclaimed gurus telling us to buy their courses and use paid ads as the new get-rich-quick scheme. I call bluff. So how do we as underdogs scale and surpass the online dictator so that we can spread our message, create true financial freedom, and unlock our full potential? Easy. We discover and apply real marketing strategies that focus on creating relationships with our audience so that we can have a bigger impact on the world and grow not only financially, but also personally. My name is Vilan Villanov, and welcome to the Affiliate Game Plan. Welcome everybody to the Affiliate Game Plan. Today we have a special interview. We have a guest, one I've been looking forward to extremely much, to having on, learning from directly, one-on-one like this, and share it with all of you guys. So the guest, as you already saw, is Marley Jack's business acceleration coach, someone who I've been um, learning from for quite some time. Um, got to see her live at Fun Lacking Live um, to speak and to get a Two Comma Club award. Um, she is crushing it, especially on YouTube. If you follow Marley, you know she is all about video uh, impact and profits. Uh, she has over 1.6 million YouTube views in total and featured in Forbes magazine. So today we're gonna talk a lot about the things that Marley does right. How do you create video that keeps people watching and watching and, and make profit from it too, right? And impact. So without further ado, I am so excited to introduce you to everybody, Marley. How are you doing? Hello, thank you for having me. It's gonna be so fun. <laughs> awesome, yes it is. So let's get started with, um, because I know you have a background in uh, with working in radio and, and celebrities and such, um, and, and your dentist, and you start out with social media social media management for for your dentist firm. How did you get started, particularly though, in video content, and what do you say that's superior to any other content form out there? Yeah, as you mentioned, I was a dental hygienist, and between patients, I was kind of bored because cleaning teeth all day is kind of boring. So I started doing their social media on the side. And, and from there, I started to get lots of frequently asked questions from, you know, the office, from, from other clients that I was doing this for. And I started to make these videos for YouTube just to answer those frequently asked questions. And within a few weeks, months, some of those videos really started to blow up. And I was like, what? Like, can I do that again? Can I like, that was an accident. Can I recreate that? And that was the beginning of realizing that YouTube is a search engine. It can be an evergreen lead generation machine. So um, that's how it all started. And then I started making videos for myself to try to get my name out there more. And those started to do really well. And then I was like, I wonder if I could do videos for my clients to help them grow their businesses. And now that's what we do. We have a video marketing agency and a studio in Salt Lake City that our clients fly out to and lots of programs where we help entrepreneurs implement this in their own businesses. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. Here's the thing, Marley. I think why you differentiate yourself so much to any other pretty much content creator that I've watched is so much because of you're sharing so much behind the scenes with your stories and in your videos and, and on your content. And I think that's kind of where I've been drawn to you and your content because you show so much behind the scenes and you really show the personality of who Marley is. How do you figure that out? How do you attract your audience with your personality um, and the way you do it so well? 
I think for me, when I first was creating content for some of my clients, like I guess my first example, the dental office, and I would see what are other dental offices talking about with social media. And it was like fun facts and tips and how often to brush your teeth and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't care about consuming that content. Like I want to create content for whatever client was the example um, that I would enjoy. And so same thing for, for what I do in my business. Like, sure, I can give you fun facts and tips and advice about filming, about business, about whatever. But I also like humans connect to humans. And so if I'm going to be the face of the business, regardless of the information I'm giving you, whether it's like educational tips or walking the walk, I just, I wanted to create content that I enjoyed producing and that I would enjoy consuming. And so part of that is sharing the stories from like an individual level. I love that. I love the way you say humans connect with with humans. So how do you go about taking that step? Because I think that's exactly right. Like I focus a lot on creating those relationships with people and not like actually showing that I care about them and giving them the steps and the behind the scenes, like you say there. How do you go about doing that in your videos? I know you talk a lot about storytelling. Um, is that the main point in when you create your YouTube videos and when you create your content really in using stories for it? How do, how do you go about doing all of that? Yeah, storytelling, like you you nailed it, but it's like story selling. It's, it's not that we're just dripping out content, the pieces of content have a sales message in them or like a psychological shift because you have to get an emotional investment before people are going to be willing to financially invest. And so before I even try to ask for the sale, and it's almost like you think of dating your audience before you would propose marriage or go in for the kiss, like you got to get to know them, date them a little bit. And so that's through telling stories or bringing them along the journey with you so that they feel like, They've been part of it. They've watched you go through it. They feel like they can resonate with who you are thinking like that they see a piece of themselves in you. Even you think of like your favorite movies. Why, why do we, why do, why are we on the edge of our seats? And, you know, whether it's heart wrenching or, or scary or something that we are like cheering for the, the hero to defeat the villain. Why are we cheering so loud? It's because we watched the, the protagonist, the main character hit rock bottom and work their way up. And there's something that we saw in ourselves in that character's portrayal. And so you online are an attractive character that you get to show your before and after picture and, and how you're growing through that. And most of the time your audience is your before picture. They're a version of you maybe three years ago or even three weeks ago. And for you to demonstrate and show them the epiphany or the, the journey that you're going through. And if they can see your after picture thinking that's my hopeful transformation, that's where I want to be. It's going to create that loyalty, that emotional investment. I love that. That's, that's awesome. Um, you explained that so well. And I, I want to go deeper into that. So when you're creating your story and like I said, story selling, right? Instead of storytelling it and you're using it to actually monetize from your content. When you're, when you're putting together your videos and you're planning them and you're putting the stories together with you, come up with the subject first and the topic and the moral of the story and then find a story or do you find a story in your life and then tie that to the moral and, and to the topic? Which which way do you go about doing that? Do you force a topic into a story or do you find the story and go with the topic on that story? That's such a cool question. It's sometimes a bit of both. I remember um, 
And I don't know if it's that I have like a photographic memory or sometimes just memories will pop up and I'll think of, well, why is that memory popping up for me today? Is there something that I need to learn or, or is it relating to something that's going on in my life right now? Or there was a story that I told at one of my events, Content Machine Live. And I remember the moment that the the memory popped up for me and I was like, that's such a good story. I'd love to use it as an analogy for something to educate people. And I didn't know what the analogy was going to be. But then later when I was creating the content, like, you know, writing the outline for the for the event, I was like, oh, that story's perfect. So sometimes the story, you have the story in mind. Like we, I have a whole story inventory of memories, of epiphanies, of big lesson moments in my life. But then later when I'm teaching something, I can, you know, connect the story. But sometimes you are thinking of, you know, the epiphany or the lesson that you got to teach people and you have to go back into your, your brain or your inventory to find the story. So I guess it's a bit of both. And maybe I would lean more towards, I have the story first and then try to, and then fit it into a lesson. Yeah. I love that. That's a great answer. I think, I think that's kind of where, when I create my content too, um, is I try to find, especially for me, like inspiring stories where I can inspire my audience. Um, and then I, try to find like the different golden nuggets the pieces where and, and find the stores in my life that I that could help get the moral of the story and get the topic that I really want to talk about because if we can find an inspiring story then I know I can tie uh, a topic or something I want to talk about to that that's that's awesome so when when you're telling your stories and such do you have a certain like um like how do you go about crafting the stories and presenting them is there any certain way you go about doing that yeah, um, I actually created a framework and I, I like to make a joke around it because the the acronym is ELSA. So I'm like, I'm going to introduce you to our friend ELSA. Yes, our favorite snow queen. And these for these purposes, do not let it go. But this is your story selling framework. So I create an ELSA for every single piece of content I create for if I'm like doing a presentation, if I'm making a YouTube video, anything and everything has an ELSA. And ELSA stands for Epiphany Lesson Story Application. So before I create the piece of content, I think of what's the epiphany that I want the audience to have? What's the big aha moment or huge takeaway that if they remember nothing else, that's like, oh, wow, like that feeling that they walk away with. So what's the epiphany? Um, then from there, what's the lesson? What's like the tangible takeaways, like step one, step two, step three, or the things that they can walk away with and be able to implement in their life. However, we want to teach that through a story because that's, you know, people connect to stories. And since we were kids, we've always wanted to, to get morals of the story or that, that epiphany through something that you could emotionally connect to. So you have your lesson, but you want to teach it through a story. So maybe there's some sort of example where then the moral of the story, you can go, okay, step one, step two, step three, here's how to implement it now. Um, and then the A in Elsa is for application. So what's the thing that they can now take away and um, like an exercise or a call to action, or what's the next the next thing that they need to do to apply what you've now given them through epiphany lesson story application. <laughs> I love that. Making it fun too with the Elsa framework, right? <laughs> I'd love to know how you, how you learned that. How did you come up with that framework? A lot of, well, I was trying to see for myself, how do I want to consume content? Like what are the, what are the things that make me, you know, excited or that give me that epiphany, that feeling. And so I first started studying what content do I like and what content do I dislike? And actually an easier way to find what I liked was by 
you know, you can, you probably have a stronger reaction to the things that you dislike because the things that you like can be comfortable or they can be, you know, make you elated. And so the things that I didn't like, I actually made content archetypes for them. I made this, uh, I made this character like the, the preachy kindergarten teacher, the person that's just like, okay, now you have to do this and you have to do this and da, 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 da. And it's like, but where's the substance? Like, where's the actual you know, emotion or, or yes, I want you to show your authority and leadership, but like connect to me as a person as well. Um, I made one that was <laughs> the, the ghost or ex-boyfriend was a content archetype where they're, they're always just like apologizing for the ghosting and like, Hey, sorry, I haven't gone on Instagram for a while, but just wanted to tell you this. And then they leave and you don't hear from them ever again, like consistency in your content. Um, there was another funny one that I can, Oh, um, Barney for adults. The, the fluffy content that has no substance. Like I, I remember watching an influencer that is very popular and has a huge audience, huge uh, female audience. And a lot of her content would be like, you can do it. Like go after your dreams. And it was like, but tell me the story that tells me why. Like, so give me some of that. And that's where I came up with the Barney for, for adults. That like the content that you probably remember the most is the, is this content that people like spend time on the story if if we were if we go back to that example of movies like if you just saw rocky at the end of the movie that he like won the fight you'd be like cool good for him but you didn't see how he like hit rock bottom and was training so hard and running up those steps to the the soundtrack awesome music like you cheer louder when he wins because you saw what he had to go through to get there and so same in your content um and so i i created that acronym that that framework from a place of this is what I need to remember for myself when I'm creating content because I don't want to be those content archetypes that I don't like oh gosh that is so good I love those examples too um <laughs> that's perfect way to go so I I know you're all about impact right but I want to know more what does impact mean to you what's your goal with your impact when you're guiding your customers and your clients and your viewers what's your goal with the impact how do you envision that for them Thanks for asking that because I think impact can be a really big buzzword too. Like, let's just go out and make an impact, but like, what for? What's what's the reason? What are you trying to do? And so, and for every business, the answer might be different. Like for me, I, I work with entrepreneurs and I want them to make an impact so they can also create the life that they want to live. Like we talk about, in my business, we talk about CEO design and cash flow design. So like you're building a business that makes the money that you want to make, but for what? Like for the to live the lifestyle as a CEO that you want. Maybe, maybe you don't need fame and fortune, but maybe you want the the lifestyle that you know you're comfortable, pays the bills, that you get to spend time with your kids, and that you get get to keep like building the business. And so when I think of impact, I think that like impact has to go hand in hand with profit. So like our, our you mentioned at the beginning, um, my, my course is called the VIP code and VIP stands for video impact profit. Because if you are profitable, you can reinvest that money into more resources to reach more people to make a bigger impact. Um, and so we talk about lasting impact, but also longevity profit because you even if money is just a scoreboard like you you're reaching people through the profit you're able to make and money is is a resource to be able to reach more people and spread more impact gosh i love that yeah i think i think that sometimes um 
forgotten in the business world the impact right like what does it actually mean something to you what is it like what can you do now that now that you've earned that profit what does it mean to you who can you help what can you do for your family and such because if you attach that why to it then it becomes so much more powerful and you're when you're able to have way bigger impact and actually make more profit because of that that's um, that's perfect so it's kind of allowing people to basically live the life that they want it's different for for every customer you'd say and what it means to them but you've painted it yeah, yeah awesome so i think to have that impact, right? To make that profit, you have to get yourself out there. And I think when it comes to creating content um, and monetizing it, making that profit from it, people struggle a lot because of the internal struggles or the internal false beliefs that they have around why they can't or why they can't create that content. And to help your audience overcome those insecurities and false beliefs, you tell stories, present evidence and offer support and such. But what if you have those those issues yourself? What about like when you have those false beliefs yourself? How 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 do you go about dealing with those and, and overcoming those insecurities? I think that the the awareness is going to be the biggest thing that entrepreneurs need to be able to grow through anything. And if you can even like be real and vulnerable and document the shifts that you're going through, like Steve Larson, he documented when he left ClickFunnels and made his first million outside of be like for outside of being in a nine to five. And he documented that to show the journey and say like, Hey, I'm figuring it out as I go, like come along with me and I'll share with you what works and what doesn't. And so that, just that self-awareness to be able to at least vulnerably say like, here's what I'm learning and what I'm willing to put on the table and just be transparent and show you. And as entrepreneurs, like we are constantly evolving and the belief systems that I had a year ago, uh, you know, work to remove, overcome. And it's like, you can't even predict what, what are the next challenges you're going to, you're going to be faced with. It's just like, as you grow, it's not that you, um, overcome them. And then it's smooth sailing. It's like your challenges just evolve as you do. Um, Alex Sharfin has a quote, like, if you don't have the business you want, it's because you can't, you haven't become the person who can run it yet. And I think about that all the time that entrepreneurship is such a game of personal development. And for whatever challenges I might be going through or false beliefs, I might have to overcome and work through the first step is the awareness of that. And then the courage to admit it and work on it. Perfect. Yeah. So, and you mentioned Steve there, and he has another great quote. Um, Entrepreneurship is the best personal development course you never sign up for, right? <laughs> I mean, from getting myself out there, from becoming an entrepreneur and getting my content out there, I can relate so much. And I, even though sometimes when I look back and like, oh, a year ago, well, I was pretty much the same person, kind of ish. And then I look back at like the goals and the things that I wrote down a year ago. I watch at the, I look at the videos, and I see this tremendous growth. Um, what are things that you have learned as you're growing and as you're getting yourself out there on this journey? That's such a cool question. I, I'm reading this book right now from Joe Dispenza. I've heard his name so much, and. Uh, just picked up one of his books for the first time. And he had this quote in there about to change your personal reality, you have to change your personality. And I thought about that because like, there's things about my personality that I love, but I also am aware that there's things in my personality that I could grow stronger in, or I could leave behind some of that baggage. And I was thinking about, well, what are the things that I have done or that I want to do next to overcome? Like if, if you 
like you're, you're never going to do anything that's outside of your identity. One of the things that I also have heard of and that I, I share in some of my content is about be, do, have. A lot of people work backwards from have, do, be. Once I have these things, then I'll be happy. But you have, you work from the inside out. Like if you want to have a million dollars, you have to be the person who will do the things to create, like it's all about that alignment. And so I was thinking if I look backwards at where I was before, and if my, if um, to change my personal reality, I have to change my personality. I look at who I was two years ago when I literally had a different name. Like this was before when I was married and obviously I went through a divorce and I've been public and transparent about that. And I was like, I literally, my identity and my name has changed. And that changed my personal reality. And so I was thinking if the next levels that I want to get to in my business are about like massive reach and impact and, uh, and influence, like who do I have to be to create that? And so I think we, I mean, we just talked about that, like having that awareness and being able to look through that first and decide like, what, who do I have to be to do what I need to do to have what I want to have? Perfect. I love that. Yeah, you bring up the awareness again. Um, and then then the courage, right? And and like you said, from Alex, if you don't have the business you want, it's because you haven't become the person you need to, to, to grow that business, right? So or haven't grown into that person. How do you create that awareness, though? Like, how do you find those liabilities in your personality or so that you feel are maybe keeping you from succeeding? And you might not even know that they're there. How do you find those? Because that can be tough, right? Actually, achieving that awareness in the first place. That's I'm that's such a good question because I I think I question that sometimes too. Um, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs wake up at five o'clock in the morning and they they claim that that's their key to success. And I'm like, do I have to wake up at five o'clock in the morning for me to be successful? Is that do I have to enroll into that belief or can I believe that I can wake up at seven o'clock and still be just as successful? Um, but I think there is one of the biggest things for me in awareness and knowing where I need to grow next is also seeing what's what's uncomfortable. Um, another thing that Alex Sharfin talks about a lot is that um, entrepreneurs tolerate discomfort. And it's interesting how if something is very painful, we will do as like we will will fight our battles and we will move mountains to to remove that pain. But if something's a little bit uncomfortable, we'll still tolerate it. Like how many people do we know that stay in a nine to five that is soul sucking, but like, it's still, you know, pays the bills and it's okay. And the people that work there are fine. And like, my boss is nice to me sometimes, but it's still, it's still uncomfortable. So I actually asked myself the other day, like, what are the things in my life that I'm tolerating that are uncomfortable, but not bliss? Like, what if I were just so determined and like cutthroat about that, that I was like, it's a heck yes or it's a no. Oh gosh, that is so good. Um, I want to. I, I wanted to go deep into that because I think, like you said, like the impact to have the right impact, you have to first, like, like you said so well, like be aware of the person you are and the person you need to grow into to have that business. Um, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. So you've tried a lot of different things, right? And and on your way to the two comma club and beyond. Now, what are the things that didn't work? What are the things that did work for you? And what are you focusing on right now? Um, well, I can I can say that from a few different angles. Um, things that did work, didn't work. Um, I, one of the things that I actually found myself in a lot of trouble, it was the beginning of 2019. I was investing a lot of money in trying to 
build a course and have a webinar. And I was like, just learning as much as I could, which is of course so important and to invest in yourself. Um, but I was over investing to the point where like I was going into so much debt, but I believed in myself and I was like, this is going to work. Like one day it's going to work. Um, but I just got myself into so much trouble that I was in such, such debt. And I didn't, re I didn't realize at the time that one of the things that I was doing was I, I put a lot of trust in other people instead of listening to my own voice. And because of that, I unfortunately was, ha had, uh, employees on my team that I was paying too much and investing in, in things that I couldn't afford and had to make some serious changes where I had to like, let go of half of my team and rebuild a lot on my own. And I look back at that time as like, man, that was so dangerous. I could have lost my house. I could have lost everything. But um, it was like the biggest tuition I've ever paid to learn how to grow my business and get to where I am today. And um, and from that, I learned how to build a seven-figure business. I learned how to get out of debt. I learned how to manage a team, how to trust my own instincts, listen to my own instincts, instincts not feel like I had to trust in other people before myself. There was definitely that insecurity um, and needing external validation instead of finding it internally. Um, so that, that was a huge one. And, um, and then just always continuing to have good people around you. Um, and, and a lot of my, this is, this was a really big one for me to realize. And I, I, I think it's something that a lot of entrepreneurs may not realize when they first start their business. I believe that a lot of entrepreneurs start their business from a place of having something to prove, whether it's to our parents or to someone in our life that told us we couldn't or whatever. Um, and, and I know that I had that to a point where I was like, you tell, you tell me I can't do it, watch me. And then to some point, at some point you get to this place in your business where you're like, you're not motivated by that anymore. So then what are you motivated by? And is it money? Is it impact? Is it the lifestyle that you want? Um, and for me to realize that and let go of that and be like, I don't have anything to prove to anybody. I'm doing this because I love it. I'm doing this because I want to build the people that build the businesses that change the world. Like to think of the concept of changing the world, you don't have to reach 8 billion people, you could just reach one person and that person makes a ripple effect and that person makes a ripple effect. Um, so I don't even remember your question now, but that's my answer. <laughs> Gosh, that is impact. That's what it's all about, right? I love that. I think, um, like you said, a lot of us come from having to prove something and, and, and starting out the entrepreneurship journey. I, I know for me, like I dropped out of college to start this online thing, right? And I... Um, I could rate so much. There was so much in me that I had to prove and I had to make it work. And in the beginning, like for me, I was motivated by money, right? And that, that didn't work for me. And and so when I shifted that, that's when I like, how can I help people? How can I inspire people? Because going back to my true core, like the route, what I want to do is I really want to inspire people and help them in every, any way I can. So I made the promise when I was when I was struggling, like when I figure this online thing out, I'm going to be helping those just one step behind me, right? And that's that's when it all shifted because I shifted my mindset about what I needed to do and how I needed to help people. Um, and I, love, I love everything you said about that. Um, so you answered that question perfectly. What worked, what did, what did not work for you? So 
Let's go into what you're working on right now because I I just sign up I signing up to everything you put out there Marley because you put so much effort and thought into your content and you're doing it so well with the storytelling and, and, and your Elsa framework and all of it which makes it really easy to digest so what are you working on right now Marley? Cool. Thanks for asking. Um, I recently opened up a program that is funny. I was, I, someone told me I need to do a, a podcast on this. So you're hearing it here first. This is like a, a sneak peek preview. Um, and I think a lot of people can relate to this. So like the first time I launched my first course ever, it wasn't a hit. It wasn't like an overnight success. It's probably been through seven different iterations and even like seven different names to, to where it is today. Um, and I've had different levels of like, you know, wins and failures in, in it the whole way. And finally I made a, I wanted to make a program that people would find a community that, that was like no other, but also where it wasn't a course that you buy and then never implement. Like I've, I've sold those courses. I've been in those courses. I am certainly guilty of buying things with good intentions, thinking that I was going to do it. And then never opened it or never logged in. That's my fault. And for anyone that does that too, like I get it. We are all, we all do that. Um, but I wanted to create this program because I've found so much success in my own business and for uh, my biggest clients that we can like, honestly, if you focus on video marketing, especially YouTube as a search engine, it can become an evergreen lead generation machine. And I get it that filming and creating content can be hard. And I, I kind of just lean into that though. I'm like, I get it. It's hard. So is living the launch hamster wheel lifestyle. So is running Facebook ads that don't work. So is cold calling and networking. So just pick your heart. But listen, if you do this with me and when you follow my strategy, all you have to do is film one day a month. So it's like a one day a month video marketing strategy that drives leads for life. I'm like, if you do this with me one day a month, every month for a year, your life and your business will be unrecognizable. You will have a perpetually filled pipeline, but I do not want this to be a course that people buy and never implement. So I created a program where we gamified the whole thing. So every single step of the, the curriculum, when you complete it, we actually gave you, we give like done for you campaigns that all you do is like plug in your information, like you have the templates, you have the scripts, everything like just go. And when you do that, when you submit the work so that we can also give you feedback and like give you any you know tweaks or anything to optimize it, we also send you t-shirts and pins and trophies and fun things. Like, I don't know for people that aren't watching through the video, but um, if people are watching on video, I'm holding up, I have a lanyard and I have these pins. And it's funny, I actually joked about this during the, the big launch that I was like, I'm so sick of watching so many entrepreneurs go through shiny object syndrome. I'm lit I'm going to lean into that and literally send you shiny objects to encourage you to do this because this is what works. I swear if you all you do is you do this with me one day a month, in a year your life and your business will be unrecognizable. So every time you complete something inside the curriculum, I am sending you shiny pins and t-shirts and swag and things. And the program has been open now for two weeks and people inside the group are like they're taking more action than they ever have they're building these youtube channels they're gonna i mean it's early in the game it's only been two weeks but like i'm so excited to see these businesses who are going to have evergreen lead generation machines and that's not to say that like you don't have to run facebook ads anymore or doing those things but like i have videos from 2016 when i was first starting to learn this that still generate thousands of organic leads for me every single month 
if you knew that you had the power to do that, don't you wish that you would have started doing that 10 years ago? So that's what we created the VIP code for. That is so good. And I love the, I love implementing the shiny obvious, sending those, right? I just, I just got an email today that my swag is like just a few, few days away from reaching me. So I am excited. So Marley, where can, where can people join us? Where can they sign up? Yes, you can go to the vipcode.com. And uh, if you sign up right now, we are holding our founding members price. Um, so it's $47 a month right now before we double the price. And we are also, for anyone that signs up right now, we have a like an exclusive I'm a VIP shirt. So it sounds like yours is on your way. So if you sign up, go to thevipcode.com and you'll lock in your founding members price and get your uh, I'm a VIP t-shirt. Oh my God, let's go. You guys, you heard it, the vipcode.com. Get your founding member, your shirt, get your get your price as well, $47 a month before it races. God, um, I'm in, I'm all in, uh, Marley. Thank you so much for for t- for your time today. I wanted to go into video, how you created the impact and the profit, and I think you nailed it so much. So thank you so much, Marley. Um, and for everybody watching, thevipcode.com. I'll make sure the link is everywhere in the description, wherever you're watching this. Um, other than that, any last words, Marley? Oh, thank you so much for having me on. And uh, I loved getting into the conversation about also, you know, your identity as an entrepreneur, that having that awareness and being able to have the courage to work on it, that's what's going to push you through to anywhere you want in your business. So I loved you opening up the floor for that too. That's great. Ah, fantastic. Super. Thank you so much, Marley. Thanks for everybody tuning in. We'll see you in the next one. Now it's my time to thank you. Thank you for listening and allowing me to share my message with you. I know you could have done a million other things instead, and I really do value your time you spent listening to this episode. It's only with your help we can together make a real change. If you're with me on this journey of bringing an end to the whole guru era, then we need strength in numbers. Make sure to share this episode with someone else who needs to hear it and needs to join us. I'd love to go even deeper into the new way of selling your affiliate offers online. The old way of buying paid ads that goes to a bridge page is dead. Instead, I want to show you a new type of funnel and how you can get traffic organically by focus on creating relationships with your people. I can't teach this over a short podcast episode, so I've created a five-day challenge starting in just a few days, and you can join for free at www.theaffiliategameplan.club, and I'll literally walk you through my affiliate game plan for five days. This is the same process I use daily and that I use to become a top 1% ClickFunnels affiliate and get invited to a coaching call by Russell Brunson himself. Let's build and scale your affiliate game plan together. Join the free challenge at theaffiliategameplan.club. Thanks once more for listening and I'll see you inside of this challenge.